Hey, Tommy. Hey, Rusty. You ever hear Off the Top Media? Is that the podcast on YouTube and Twitch? It is. It's a, it's, it's a podcast, and, and they do reviews of... Uh, AEW, WWE. I, I think they even review movies and books and stuff, too. What? Yeah, like everything. They do a little of everything. That's amazing. It is amazing. And, like, a lot of wrestling. A lot. Well, that's good because, you know, we love wrestling. I, I, yeah, I love wrestling. We, we should check them out sometime. Let's go do it. All right. <laughs> what is going on, guys? Welcome to Spotlight with Shadow. Today I'm joined by what I consider my, Kev, my Scott Hall to my Kevin Nash, the Will Gray, along with two up-and-coming superstars in the indie scene, Rusty Blackwell and Tommy McLeod. How are you gentlemen today? Hey, how are you? Great. Thanks for having us. Hey, glad to have you. I mean, we've been talking about this for a minute, so I'm glad to finally get you guys on. So as guys in the, ind in the independent scene in Canada, tell me what's it like for you guys and your experience and how are you enjoying it? First, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, I mean, I, I enjoy it a lot. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, we, we live like I live in Sturgeon Falls, Ontario, which is, uh, uh, you know, 40 kilometers outside of North Bay and 100 kilometers outside of Sudbury. So it's not really uh, close to anything, if you can believe that. And uh, I'm very lucky to say that I probably get uh, about one match a month or so in, in this region. And, and now I've started to travel a little bit outside and get more once in a while and uh that's awesome and i'm lucky we're, we're lucky that we have some companies uh you know especially northland in our area to, to help us get matches because uh they're they're a lot of fun but i without them i don't know if we'd get a lot of ring time here right so there's there's that in the indies aspect of like living in remote communities i mean maybe if we lived in toronto or or, or something like that like there'd be a lot more opportunities but tommy what do you think well, Rusty's got a point with, like, us being in the more northern area. It limits a lot of, like, where we can wrestle. Yeah. But w with, like, Northland and uh, I've been wrestled for, but Rock Solid and companies that shall not be named, we've been able to sort of get our name out there, whether or not it's meeting people, helping them tear down, set up the ring. It it's It's been an experience on being able to get your name out there, and it's it's – it's definitely been really cool to be able to travel like down to Durham area to do matches with Northland. And it, it, you know, it's, it's awesome. Right. And like when you guys were here in my town, it was like, I've, I've mentioned to previous colleagues of yours, it was fun. Um, you know, it, it's a very entertainment, uh, very family oriented, whether you want to believe that or not, that's up to you. Um, you know, un unfortunately the show didn't end as planned um, when you guys were here, but uh it, it was hella fun, and I can't wait till you guys come back. I mean, my daughter, you both met her. It was her birthday that day, and she enjoyed it. Um, she just, She's just loving the wrestling scene, and it's so awesome to see refreshing breath in wrestling in general. Um, anything you would like to add in, Will, you want to ask? Have you got a question you want to ask? So one of my favorite questions, when I do interviews – um, I always do them in three segments. The first part I always do is kind of an origin story. And I always say that growing up 
And, you know, I was telling you as before the hotbed of the JCP territory at the end of the NWA, beginning of WCW days, late 80s, early 90s. I grew up in the, the very end of the territories. What were you guys exposed to in Canada? What did you grow up watching? Uh, well, so, I mean, with me, it's I didn't really start. I was really I didn't really begin watching wrestling until like 2016, 2017. So I, I'm more of a more recent decade fan. And uh, actually, my first ever live event I seen was against my was uh, I don't know what company it was for, but I think the main event was my coach. So my first ever actual live event, it was it was awesome to be able to go out and watch my coach wrestle and then be able to go train with him six or seven years later and uh, watching, I think a, a lot more in the era of uh, like, yeah, 2016, 2017 is, is more my, uh, the time I guess I watched through. Well, uh, I don't know if that's the answer you wanted, but <laughs> it's pretty good. Hey, it's the right, it's the, it's the raw answer, right? So, yeah. Well, and I mean, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll help help Tommy out a bit by saying, uh, when I met Tommy the first time was uh, during training uh, with uh, Dan Jarris at at uh, NRGY Pro Wrestling Academy, and one of the first things that Dan said was to pull out his phone and show a photo of Tommy at one of the wrestling events when he was a kid. Uh, showing up and that was at like north like when dan took over northland that was like his first northland show that he did and tommy's like this child there and that was tommy's first wrestling show and he was like i want to be a wrestler and now he is so that's that's kind of wild um even though you're talking about like television influences i'm like i feel like maybe local influences helped we helped you with exactly that too, yeah um I know this like uh, dates my age a little bit because I'm I'm not young, but uh, I was uh, about six years old, uh, yeah, in 1985, and um, I know that uh, Vince McMahon and and um, Hulk Hogan, uh, you know, as people have had all kinds of uh, controversy and problems, but when you're six years old and you're watching uh, wrestling, you don't think about those kind of things. And Hulk Hogan was kind of a big deal for me when I was young. And I, you know, like many of us, uh, I also think, and this is one of those strange things where, uh, when I got asked when I was started training, like what, who were your big wrestling fans when you were a kid? I'm like, I was always a huge iron Mike sharp fan. And that's like, even as a kid. And it's because he was, um, he was a jobber who was coming out every week and just putting other guys over, but he was always introduced as like, what was it? It was like the strongest man in Canada or something along like those lines. But it was like this strange title, but it always was about Canada. And meanwhile, it was like this Canadian wrestler on like this American television show that was just present all the time. And I kept watching him lose. I kept waiting for him to win as a child, <laughs> like all the time, <laughs> you know, thinking, no, no, he'll he'll beat somebody. He'll win. <laughs> you know not realizing like what's going on because you're just too young anyway uh i watched i watched rest uh you know wwe and and wcw and then i lost track of wrestling probably uh in my mid to late 20s just because i was you know getting into work and life and things like that and now uh, you know it's all full circle i'm coming back to it so it's really exciting to be part of it again we'll say and to learn what i missed yeah so with that being said, because we'll ask your origin stories. So let me deep dive a little bit more into that. And if you don't want to disclose, this is perfectly fine because um, I understand how it works. 
But let's pull the curtain back. What inspired your gimmicks? Do you want to start, Tommy, or do you want me to? I've got a huge answer for that. You can go first. You can go first. So um, I've had, uh, I've actually have, I've had multiple uh, gimmicks before wrestling, which sounds weird, but you know, I, I've been an artist for years. So I've actually done like promo work without being a wrestler uh, as uh, as bulk Logan, which is like a rest, like a Hulk Hogan knockoff. Cause I'm a big fat guy with blonde hair. And, uh, and oh, then, uh, and then, and then I got into, you know, training and, um you know we you know i started talking with dan who's you know training us at the time about like what what you know what about this name or what about this name and it's sort of like bouncing things off of each other and and it's collaborative and um you know when i was training i i uh dan referenced um uh jerry blackwell the uh mountain from stone mountain uh as sort of like uh someone who i wrestle like you know he's 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 not really the fastest guy but he's kind of like this immovable force also not the biggest guy but he acts like he's the biggest guy and that's that's a big it's like an attitude thing i really felt uh influenced heavily by the 70s so um when i was putting names forward you know at first i wanted to be like bill chainsaw and dan was like that's a terrible name you know and i thought it was going to be like this tough heel and uh and everyone's like you know you're so polite and kind in real life do you really think you you really think you're gonna be able to handle like kids hating you in public and no i'm not you know I, i'm too nice this is how it is i do heel work once in a while if if the if i'm needed like we all do but but in my heart's my heart's with like making people happy um and uh so i gave him this huge list of of names there was all kinds of stuff and then he was looking at it and he said i see the name rusty showing up in here frequently what why are you putting that name forward so much and uh my father who's passed away his name was russell and his nickname was rusty so uh you know he dan came back saying you know why don't you do something like rusty blackwell or something like the backwoods butcher you know like because that's in there and i just saw that message he sent like rusty blackwell the backwoods butcher i'm like done that's so like the whole thing both and he's like both okay (laughs) and i'm like yeah that's it you know so like um, thinking about like my father and kind of what he meant to me being like larger than life, thinking about uh, uh, Jerry Blackwell and his wrestling style. And then also thinking about like Mad Dog Vachon and Butcher Vachon who were like, uh, you know, other big 70s wrestlers. Like the Butcher title gets used a lot, but at the same time, like I'm in Sturgeon Falls, so I'm kind of backwards a bit. So we'll just leave it like that. And I'm aware that other people have used the title Backwoods Butcher as well. So it's it's not like, it's how do I say it? It's like... Uh, there's you know, been Rusty like five Black nature Hulk. boys, Rusty. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's a, I love that. Um, and it's a great homage to your father. And it's it, it takes a lot to, like I said, it takes a lot to pull back that garden for people to understand the gimmick. And I appreciate that. So, Tommy, what, what, what bought Tommy McLeod as the gimmick? It's a much shorter answer than Rusty's. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. But, uh, um, a lot, it, it's also along the lines of, uh, I guess, throwing ideas towards Dan and Dan not really like bouncing them back, more just deflecting them out of the air and calling them stupid. <laughs> but uh, I, I think I didn't really know what I wanted when I went into naming myself. I knew I had like the most generic name in like the wrestling games growing up, and I'm like, I'm not doing that. So I was not even going to try to use that one. So 
I think I, I wanted to use something along the lines of like the initials TM, so I can use so I could do the dumb trademark thing. But I, I realized afterwards that was stupid. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I think it was like TM AM. I think I was just trying to do something like that. And I pitched idea. I think Anthony McLeod to Dan. He's like, no, that's stupid. And he's like, what about Tommy McLeod? And and I thought about it because Tommy is like Tommy's my middle name, so I I don't. I, I liked it. It worked really well in the sense of being able to. It, it is me. It's who I am, right? So, Tommy right. McLeod has always been me in a way. I, uh, 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 yeah, like you said, not very much, not very long. So I, I like that. Um, but no, it's like like I said, Rusty. It's cool when you can dive into what the gimmick is because I mean, obviously, Rusty has personal connection to it, like which is huge, and you using like you said your middle name. So, I mean, it just brings some reality into the world of fiction, right? So, and most people enjoy that when they can connect with people that way. And, I mean, from my understanding with both of you, very much people, people, um, at least at shows. I don't know. Maybe you're introvert when you're home. I don't know. But when, when you're out and about, I mean, it, it's great. You know, you take the time. You talk to people. Uh, just a few minutes ago before we started speaking about the gimmicks, I stood up and I reached for something. Um, I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit. And both these gentlemen were uh, there that day. And my daughter loves this. But they signed uh, this poster for my daughter. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, it was a happy birthday message to her. She, she put it up and she puts it on my shelf. As you see behind me, it's a whole thing. So that's the, that's the shelf where she decides she wanted it. So it okay. stays there. Um <laughs> And I'm incredibly grateful, even um, when I'm talking about him, and I mentioned this in the interview with him, even Josh, you know, much of a heel as he is, he pulled back the curtain for three seconds to take a picture with her. Um, she she, she, uh, she loved that. But that segues into my next question, and it's more geared towards Tommy for a second. Um, this past weekend, you had a big match with, uh, with Dan. Um, yes. How was that for you, knowing you were his last opponent? Well, I went into it extremely nervous because I knew Dan was going to throw everything he had at me, right? So uh, I will say that the, the nerves got to me midway through the match. So I don't think I could – I don't think I put my best performance on. I think I, I definitely could have gave Dan a better fight than I than I gave him. But uh, uh, it, it was extremely uh, honoring and uh, – being able to say I was his last opponent after uh, being able to take that picture with him six years ago in the, in the middle of the Northland ring. I don't know if it's the same ring, but the same ring. And uh, it's, it's awesome to be able to, to, I won't say full circle, but uh, I, I guess you could say full circle in, in, in the sense of, I think that might've been Dan's return match, actually the, the match I seen. So to see his first return match and to be able to be part of his last match was uh it, it was really honoring honestly so I, I said that's gonna enter my next question because i know the results of that match and full tommy right now do you have a message for josh for ruining what was a great match between you and dan <laughs> i'm coming for you Bane. <laughs> you ruined this. You ruined that moment not only for me, but you ruined it for Dan. And I know Dan may have words for you, but I have fists coming for you. <laughs> Tommy, now Rusty, 
Rusty, with uh, that being said, with the subject of Bane, if you will, uh, you wrestled Bane here in Durham uh, back in July. And I know you guys have a little bit of a history as well. So what, what's that like with you working with Bane? Because, I, bo- I mean, you both started roughly around the same time, right? So We did. We started training on the exact same day. Um, uh, what I could so, – so the – so there's there's a little context because I, I I got to do commentary that day uh, that Tommy and and Dan had their their match and it was very uh, it was very hard doing commentary over top of a match where your tag team partner is is wrestling the person that trained you and uh, and try and trying not to like obviously I rooted for Tommy you know that's uh, that's kind of like you know I don't know how to say it is it weird to say that like being a tag team partner is like being a 1980s cop where you have to prioritize your partner above everyone else. It's, it's so weird, like in that way, but it's, it does feel like that. And, and, you know, you took such a beating in that match. Like you did gr- you fantastic, but you know, w- when you finally hear the commentary, Tommy, you're going to hear me say things like after a move like that. And you, you know, he kicks out and I'm like, I almost wanted you to not kicked out just cause I don't want you to get hurt anymore. Like that looked terrible. I mean, like it looked amazing and look terrible like i'm i'm proud of you and i don't know how you walk after this thing because i can't take i can't take the punishment you just took or maybe i can i don't know but it looked amazing and being away from it and having to be uh, not in the sidelines was really hard bane uh i said this during that match uh is is like filth and a bully and um i i really uh I really don't think you should give in to bullies and what they want. And you got to do your best to stand up for yourself and stand up against them. And I think that that's not just in wrestling. That's everywhere. But Bane, Bane has been bullying people for a while. I don't know where this is all going to head to or whether he's going to eventually stop chasing Dan and demanding some sort of match. Um, the thing, The thing that a lot of people don't know is that Bane and I started training at the same time, but Tommy has started training before both of us. And the reason why Dan was uh, giving a match to, to Tommy is that there was supposed to be another match that got canceled because of a, a COVID outbreak within yeah. wrestlers. So that he, he was scheduled to wrestle Tommy. And then that, that event never happened, and then it never got rescheduled. So then when Dan uh, announced his retirement, it, he decided to give the match to Tommy that uh, they had that he couldn't give him before because it was already planned. So that idea that Bane feels like he deserves it more is is ridiculous, you know. And and then I I'm you know I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm really happy that uh, so far Bane hasn't got what he wants, even if he even if he's ruined things and and also uh, <laughs> choked me unconscious in front of an audience in Durham. <laughs> yeah sorry to laugh about that but it's like i i when i came to i actually asked the ref i'm like did i win <laughs> I, I remember that i was i was in the front row there so yeah i remember that um uh, i listen i am will will gray can attest to this too um he's been trying to sell me on indie promotions for a while i mean i'm more of the mainstream style guy you know i pay attention to a lot of it because it's just easier access especially where we live it's just a lot easier exactly, access. yeah um, but like, Will can attest. I came home that day from that show, obviously worried about Dan from what happened. But like, I was in awe of what you guys did. 
Like, it was just amazing. I enjoyed every aspect of it. You know, seeing the hard work that you guys take, because it, it's, I can't just get in there and do it. You know, Rusty, you're a big guy like myself. So watching you, somebody like you do it, I mean, it gives me optimism. I probably will never do it. I'm more of a the Paul Heyman guy. I'll talk shit to you all day and I don't care. But I ain't going to get in there and get beat up. I'm not that dumb. Um, I'll take some bumps Thanks. maybe, but, <laughs> you know, I ain't yeah. trying to. I ain't trying to get thrown around by men smaller than me. Um, Take a chop or two, maybe. Maybe. No, I can, I'll tell you. My, my kids do it to me enough. I'm sure I can handle it. <laughs> I'll tell you something, and this is this is more about being older and getting hurt. Uh, it's not just whether you're throwing yourself around. It's also like just trying to keep up with people and knowing how to pace yourself. Uh, I recently went to Scotland for uh another trip and then i found out there was a an indie promotion happening in scotland and got booked on the show and um i was like that's cool i'm gonna go wrestle in scotland and uh, i showed up on a wednesday and the show was on the saturday and i went to uh, where the guys were training that night because that was the only opportunity i was going to get before the show to see them and uh got there and they were this is like a completely different level of wrestling. They're very physically fit. They're, they're all like super athletic and they're all like 20 to 25 years old. And you know, that's amazing. And I'm not naming them cause I don't want to, I don't want people to go and judge them or anything like this, but it's like, anyway, I, I naively got in and started trying to do some, some tumbling and uh, immediately dislocated my knee, like just immediately got hurt. And it was so embarrassing cause I didn't even get a chance to wrestle with them at all. Instead I got in, uh, and just put my knee out full on and just, you know, I had to set it myself and, and get out of the ring. And all of a sudden I'm just like, Whoa, I'm like, I'm oh, this is bad. Like I'm in bad shape. And, uh, and then I tried to get better for the Saturday, but you know, the, the guys don't know me very well. Like, it's like new, so, you know, they're like, I don't think it'd be safe for you to get in. You literally dislocated your knee like three days ago. And I'm like, you're right. I shouldn't. But, um, but it's one of those things of being like, uh, you know, when you're a bigger guy, you have to take care of yourself and you have to do the things that you know you can do and you shouldn't be trying to do the things that you know you can't. And I try to do the things I should have known that I shouldn't have, uh, that I should have known better, you know. And meanwhile, here it is, like cost me a match where if I would have just said, no, I'm not doing any of that with you young kids. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> then uh, I probably would have had a great match in Scotland. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I hear that phrase a lot from Will Gray when we try to do like, podcast i'm not doing that with you kids <laughs> yeah. um he's the elder rusty, statesman so i i was going to say rusty and i aren't far from the same age so i uh you know game respects game when it comes to that experience over beauty right something but uh rusty my question for you is in the american territory system even in 2023 you still see that skeleton of it you go to philadelphia and that, you know, that 2300 area, the fans still expect you to perform a certain way. You come to Memphis, the Memphis fans still expect you, you know, they still expect Lawler and Hart. You know what I mean? You go to Texas, it's still very Von Eric. In Canada with you guys, does the, the skeletal remains of the old Stampede days and the big cat wrestling and some of those Canadian like giants from the 80s, do you still fill that with the fans? Do they still crave that indie draw the way they used to? Uh, absolutely. Uh, 100%. And like things that people say, which, you know, cause Northland, although, uh, you know, uh, Dan has been running it since, uh, I want to say 2015 or so. 
uh, I could be wrong there. It could be a little earlier or later, but uh, that's around when I think he got he got it up and running and uh and that's reinventing it after it had been dormant uh for i want to say more than 20 years but the you know the time period before that it ran uh i don't want to like i i want to say like the since the 40s like it was one of those really old territories where i remember seeing uh some some documentary about the territory days and you know Vince McMahon taking over syndication and showing the map where it was like showed like a like a paper based map of the territories. And I remember pausing it and looking at it and seeing Northland wrestling as like this huge area in Ontario. And I was like, that's uh, that's interesting. Like, but, um, you know, uh, it, 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 there is so there's things that happen where will go to a show now and somebody that's in their sixties will come or, or older will come up and be like, I haven't seen you, you all here since, since this, and they'll say this year. Right. But they're not referencing wrestlers. They're referencing like actually that company because they're thinking it's like that continuity where meanwhile, like the continuity has been broken, but it is, it is like this weird uh, nostalgia that people come up with. And, and then in that same way of like the wrestling style, um, because I wrestle in sort of like that, that more traditionalist way, it's, there's a lot, le- there's, you know, there's very little chain wrestling. If there's any, it's very more like big moves, trying to wear someone down and then pin them. Um, when I had my first match as a wrestler, like my very first match, it was very slow. It was very like, you know, point A to point B, you know, there was like, you know, a whole area where, um, me and my part, uh, me and Tommy, you know, we got ahead at the beginning and then all of a sudden we started losing and then we pulled it together. And that's like the story of the match is so basic. And then I had all these old guys in the audience come up and be like, I haven't seen a match that good in 30 years <laughs> because they're thinking about how that's the, probably the last time someone wrestled like this. <laughs> but but that it happens, right? Like there is that appetite for uh, era based wrestling or or kind of like the style of the of the environment or the style of those companies that were there because those people, you know, if you were in your, uh, you know, twenties, 40 years ago, and you were a huge wrestling fan of that style. And then all of a sudden you see people doing it now, like you're still a fan of it. Like it's just, you're just not getting it from other places. Right. So Tommy, you got anything to to ask Tommy kind of a follow-up question to it. Now, as somebody who's, uh, you know, both, experience wise and younger on the actual age gambit i'm pretty sure you're closer to my kids age than mine (laughs) um do you feel like having a chance to work with somebody like rusty and dan and bane and some of these guys who may not necessarily be a ton older age wise but were just old enough to remember it do you do you take some of these old school values and mix it with you know the young guy approach if that makes sense at all. I guess in the sense of, uh, uh, I don't really know. It actually depends on like, you mean in just like taking things they've taught you or like kind just, of applying the old school with the new school, I blending know. the two. Um, I, I, I can't really say I, I have much experience in, in trying to like blend the two because like I said, I, I've watched just mostly really recent wrestling. So a, a lot of my stuff is just jumping off the ropes and maybe not so much technical, taking them down to the mat stuff like William Regal, but uh, a lot my a lot more of my stuff is a uh, modern day. Well, so he Biggie, says it like that. 
but I think that a lot of what we do rubs off on you. Like we asked you the other well, day, like why you're, why you're said, why you're punching with a closed fist, uh, like within the first few minutes of a match, <laughs> you know? And, and, uh, and I'm like, you know, that's a kind of a, you know, we're supposed to be wrestling. You're not supposed to be like street fighting this guy. And, and then I can't remember what you said, but it's something about being just so damn scrappy, which I don't disagree with, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it, pick, it, it point. I'm going to piggy piggyback off Will's question there. Now, Rusty, you've been watching wrestling for decades at this point. Um, Tommy, you've been watching wrestling for almost a decade at this point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but let me ask, now that you guys are doing it yourselves, are you enjoying the psychology that comes with it? Because, I mean, it's different from watching it. You understand a lot more of what goes into a day-to-day process. I've had a conversation with Dan before where he's very much old school in a sense, but he's trying to be teaching you guys right. Um, so how are you enjoying the psychology of wrestling? Like when you watch WWE or AEW or Impact or whatever it is that you, you enjoy, um, when you're watching these matches unfold in front of your eyes, you understand the psychology to it now. So what is that like for you? Well, it's cool because learning it, you go from just watching two people beating the crap at each other in the middle of the ring, right? To understanding what's going through their minds and why they're doing what they're doing in that exact moment, right? And in the psychology, like, talking about psychology, like, I'm now, I guess, at the point where I could be watching a match and I could see something. I'd be like, eh, well, why'd you do that? And that makes no sense. Like, being taught in a sense of stuff like that, it, it gives you uh, uh, being able to, I guess, see something on TV and being able to question it, I guess, uh, I won't say uh, means I'm the greatest wrestler, but it means it gives me more in the sense of that I, I understand what I'm talking about with the psychology and yeah, and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it makes us uh, like you know, you know, almost like by us uh, having a little bit more, little bit more understanding, you're you're able to pull back the curtain a little bit when you're watching those bigger shows that are you know like. Uh, and and then you can appreciate certain aspects of it differently than than you maybe did before. And then other things you kind of almost you don't appreciate anymore because you kind of exactly. see it yeah. like shallow or or uh, two dimensional and and not as and not as maybe you know whether it's athletic or not is it also becomes like people you know you start to wonder what the point to some of the things they're doing are. And I don't know if if everybody here saw uh, AEW's All In, but. Uh, I was I was really really uh, invested in uh, in in that mat that casket match with Sting and everything and like the 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 one at, the one part of it that I was watching because I you know this is like again it's this translation of like what you're seeing to self and it's like you know Sting's got this partner that's like doing all this high flying heavy impact stuff moving very fast not to not to say that Sting can't do these things himself but he's also like a little older and therefore probably shouldn't be doing these things yeah. himself. And uh, that pairing, I think we can, all, I don't really, I'm not trying to cut you off, but I think we can all agree no. on that sentiment that Sting probably shouldn't be doing this anymore. Especially <laughs> well, that table shot to the teeth like last month. Oh, but you know, <laughs> me watching it, I, I was just like this, it felt like, uh, like how like to- Tommy's able to do all these things that I can't do but I'm able to bring a certain amount of presence that he can't bring. And, and it's just that complement of the dynamics. So all of a sudden I get more invested in watching it because all of a sudden I'm witnessing it and saying, Oh, you know, this could be stuff that, that we could do because yeah. 
I'm, I'm witnessing, you know, uh, Sting's limitations could, could be like mine. And I'm saying like that being like, you know, he's like a much better athlete than I am. He's 20 years older than I am and he's still a better athlete than I am now. So I'm not, I'm not comparing us. I'm just saying it's inspiration that I get from it. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> I definitely don't yeah, want we... your listeners to suddenly get angry about me saying anything negative about Sting. I'm not, I think he's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the great the great thing about this show and our network in itself is you're allowed to express yourself how you will. Nobody's going to, in the words of Will Gray, yuck your yum. You know, we uh, we we believe in free speech and I'll, I'll shit on Sting all day because I don't like him. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, he said that. That wasn't me. <laughs> but that's a that's a different conversation for yeah, a different, that is a way different because conversation. <laughs> I was about to say I feel like we're about to open up a can of worms here. <laughs> I, I, because, I feel like uh, this question is more heavily favored towards Rusty, and I apologize, Tommy, oh, because you're more recency into the wrestling itself. But if you're styling your character out of the recent wrestlers, and I say it like this because I'm giving Tommy a chance to answer, if you're to give yourself a styling of current wrestlers within this last 15 years who would you like to compare yourself to and by by that i mean like guys like whoever you want it to be whether it be aw at nwa there to be like if you could narrow down who you try to mimic i guess out of the current product uh and tommy do you have anybody you think of off the top of your head um well there's a few people actually there's there's Obviously, uh, I, I I take a lot of uh, a lot a lot of Rey Mysterio stuff. Uh, whether or not it's the the drop to a hold, the the seven six one nine, I call it the seven oh five. Even just like uh, I, I watch back a lot of like uh, Rey Mysterio's uh, uh, matches with Eddie Guerrero. Just the stuff he does with him is just like interstellar. It's just amazing. So to be able to like, I, I take a lot of that and uh, try I try to use it in a sense in my matches. Maybe not steal it, but uh, um, maybe uh, uh, polish it up and uh, put a new face on it type deal. I like that. That's good. Um, it's it's interesting. I, I think about uh, Mark Henry a little bit, you know, because I liked uh, I liked the way he he moved as a big guy. Am I is that further back than fifteen years though? That might be. That's what then. You're good. Yeah. All right. Um, cause I, I, think about, I think about, I really liked how he moved. Uh, I think about, um, you know, like, uh, I like some of the, uh, energy that I, I got from, uh, Brock Lesnar. Uh, not that, you know, he's the nicest guy in the world, but I also think I, I put my own, you know, touch on things. Uh, I feel like as a tag team, Tommy and I are like, are like jungle boy and, and Luchasaurus, except like just much more fun uh and and um and maybe as a as a personality i uh you know i i instead of luchasaurus kind of being like he has a very different wrestling style but we do you know tommy does ride out to the ring on my shoulders and we actually are we're making this uh this backpack right now that i'll be wearing that you know is like uh, we're gonna call it like yeah, we're gonna call it the treehouse that you know he'll like be able to ride more like as if it's like a, a mounted thing that way he can jump on and off Stand it on as we're walking. yeah That's so it's it's super dope <laughs> i can't wait to see this yeah <laughs> yeah 
and and in the end like you see the the through line is really just us trying to have fun and 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 it you know bring fun into the into the ring and uh even i mean in that when i say that it's so funny because it is it's like we're doing we we've got these um design students that we're working with on this uh, coloring book right now for us oh yeah and um, the coloring book story is like about you know our adventures in wrestling and and me kind of being mean and meeting tommy and you know learning about being friends and and then bane is this complete jerk to us and i get in the ring and uh in the coloring book i lose just like i did in durham but it's okay because uh, our friends yeah, still care about us so it's like this whole story about like how kind of like losing is okay and and you know just have fun and keep your friends close <laughs> <laughs> you know we'll win though we do win matches i'm just saying that i don't only want to lose losing is it's okay to to lose and that's coming from a guy who's lost 13 matches and won three hey we all you gotta start somewhere right and i mean you gotta be here i'm gonna i'm gonna uh i'm gonna steal a show name on the network here for a second but you gotta be paying your dues you know yeah yeah um I don't want to bring this up in a sense of being all depressive and stuff, but um, when I asked you that question in my head, I asked there for a reason to see if you would kind of connect where I was going. I look at the butcher character that you've developed and conversating with you. I mean, I've known you almost two years at this point. And, um, and I told, I told Tommy before that I think his style is Tyler Black. I'm not saying Seth Rollins because I, there's still a lot to go for him to get there. But Tyler Black is definitely where I see Tommy. Um, with you, and maybe this is just the look, but I see more of a Wyndham Rotunda Bray Wyatt, who we just lost. And that's why I said I didn't want to hit that depressive note. I wanted to see if you would hit me with that energy without kind of hitting that word. Um but I see a lot of that because I see what you're trying to do in the ring. I see how he was in his early stages. And I just, there's very comparable things. Well, I appreciate that very much. It's an honor to be compared in that way. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that's somebody else who uh, I think brought a lot of um, all kinds of different energy to the ring, but it was always, it was always trying to like bring the, the most, how do I say it? Like the most fantastic stories out, right? Like and all over the spectrum, like scary and fun and everything. Like, uh, I mean, um, yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's, I mean, that's all I think I can really say is just thank you for that. I mean, and I know that that, you know, uh, Bray's loss has been, it's impacted on so many people at such a high level. Like it's, it's hard to add, much to that to, to that uh that story other than uh I, you know thank you shadow it's an un unbelievable honor to be put into that 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 spectrum over there so thank you i'll flip the script to go a little bit more of dan tenna and when i had a conversation we had dan on the show before i've asked about you because i said to him straight up i i had interviewed bane but bane was coming up when i interviewed dan um and you guys were coming up as well Dan, I asked Dan about both of you because that's what I do. Um, Dan said, you know, Rusty, very, and no lie, you guys can go back and watch this for yourselves. Very green, but very willing to learn. And he loved that. And with Tommy, and I think he used, I'm not going to use the exact words maybe, but he needs to slow the, down 
<laughs> what was it he Take said? Uh, I got a squirrel in the brain and uh, something up the up the. <laughs> yeah, it was something yeah. along the lines of that. <laughs> I tried to get Dan to put himself over, and I said this to Josh as well, and I've said it, and I think it's important that he does. But he, to me, from the in conversations I've had with him, he's very humble. That won't do it. You know, he's he's very much out there putting over you guys, which is great as a teacher. That's what you want to hear. I'm, I'm right, right. But I need to ask, because we're at this part of the segment now where I want to say, what do you I want you guys to put over Dan? Because I think he doesn't do it himself. So I want to hear what your guys' thoughts are. on. Tommy, do you want to start or do you want me to start? You can start. You can start. So, I mean, uh, there's there's like Dan as a person within the community, there's Dan as a trainer within energy Y and then there's uh, sort of Dan as a wrestler. And those are all like these huge forces. And I'll start, I'll start with the rest the training. Cause I think the training is uh, the, the kind of um, the one that's like the foundation for our relationship. I mean, Dan and I actually met like, you know, 20 years ago or more because uh uh when i was in my 20s i i refed for a while uh oh. when i weighed 200 pounds less than i do now and and i refed for uh northern wrestling federation uh chris chris thorne's company that he was running and i did that for about a year or so and then i you know got a got a job and you couldn't really i couldn't really keep up but um but i met him at that time and you know, we didn't even, when I started training in the wrestling, I didn't even, I, neither of us were clued in on who each other were for like six months. It was so weird because both of us had changed. It's 20 something years ago. But, um, reason why I'm bringing up the training so much is that when, just like how we were talking earlier about, you know, getting our gimmicks set and choosing and getting our names in place is that although you're going there to learn how to wrestle, I feel like Dan takes a personal interest in the success of the people he works with and at a level that's like probably beyond what other people are prepared to do when they get involved with training. Um, I, I, I really do feel like he listens to my constraints, listens to what I need and tries to make offerings back and see where it can go. And, and, you know, that's like, you know, I just can't imagine, uh, how, like when I first came into training, I said I wanted to be a manager. I didn't think I was physically capable of wrestling. And, uh, you know, he has it set up in a way that people can try from all uh, physical uh, body types or skill sets. And there's just like, you know, I broke my neck playing football in high school. So, they, you know, I have a physical uh, restriction, you know, where I've had uh, C2, which is the vertebrae right in the back of my neck, like completely destroyed to the point that I had to have a piece of my hip taken out and like refashioned into like a new vertebrae. Uh, so I have my hip in the back of my neck, which is so weird. But, um, but you know, with all of that, uh, getting me to the point that I could actually do matches and, and handle myself well enough uh, was like, you know, starting so far behind other people that are you know like in their 20s and and like uh you know physically agile or, or capable but so i'm super honored to be part of uh of that and then you know outside of that i watch him contribute to the community and get active um you know with his family going to sports events getting involved with other charity events and promoting things and then um 
Norseland and Dan are almost like I don't think you can have one without the other anymore. Like he's he's just the heart heart and soul of the whole thing. I'm gonna put him over a bit as a wrestler, and I will say, uh, you know, uh, Shadow, you were at that event where he had that head injury, and there was blood everywhere, and it was terrible. And he got up and left the gurney while the paramedics were trying to get yeah. him in the ambulance, and went to the back to make sure everybody got paid. He was and telling then me this. Got back in the ambulance, and it was surreal to watch like to be in the back and all of a sudden he comes in and he's making sure he's like, is that everyone got paid? And I'm like, what do you, what do, you, do they let you go? He's like, no, I made them wait. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, like make the ambulance wait for him, like pay everyone. <laughs> um, he's, he's amazing in that way. Uh, but tough as nails. I've never met a human being as, as tough as Dan Jarris in the ring. It's, it's un it's kind of unbelievable. I've never seen someone throw a punch as hard as he can. I've never seen somebody give it such a, a 110% kind of level or 200%. Like, like the thing is like people can discount him because, uh, you know, he's not the tallest or heaviest or strongest guy or fastest or whatever. But it's like that. If I, if I was, if I had to have a match with Dan Jarris, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that lightly. That would be like, one of the biggest uh biggest th threats that i've ever had in my life you know like that'd be like 30 or 40 banes <laughs> and i lost a bane so i don't know how that match with with dan would go but tommy maybe you could save me a bit here for making a fool of myself well rusty's got a plan with there being like different not really versions of dan's but different sides of dan like uh there's like the personal side of the uh, dan and uh Need to get like sort of personal odds. I, I lost someone it, last December, and uh, Dan was constantly messaging me every day, like seeing like if I was okay, like how are you today? But basically, just he, he was constantly messaging me, seeing how I was, and like the, the entire class was too. But I, I specifically before that, I, I'd like I feel like I won't say I thought Dan hated me, but Dan was like the, the coach, is he, he's gonna yell at me if I mess up. And I and I mess up a lot, so that that was a lot. So to have to go from this like, not say angry side of Dan, but this more aggressive side of Dan that I see a lot to completely like flip the switch to have him like messaging me asking if, if I'm okay, if I need anything, almost every day. It was, I won't say weird, but it it, it was like a a fresh breath of Dan. And uh, but even in the sense of uh, Northland being like the the. The, the booker and the promoter it, Northlands is baby. Like, uh, there has not been a show where uh, I won't say he's, he's been mean, but he has not been uh, uh, stressed about how it could be. There, there's always a, uh, someone's getting uh, a stern talking to for, for doing something. And it's, 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 I appreciate it. I don't think that's how any other company works is because Dan wants it picture perfect. Because Northland yeah. is his, he wants, he want, that's how he wants it. And then there's like the wrestling side of Dan. It's, it's, I, I, I don't, I won't say I didn't meet it until I got in the match, got into the ring with him. But like, I, I was tired within like five minutes. And, and Dan's like still running around, throwing me around. Is like, he's pure ruthless aggression when he's in there. He, he's, he's yelling at me. He's Dan's, Dan's fire when he's in there. There's like, there's completely 100% three different sides of Dan. And it's, it's, well, it's cool to be able to see 
and, and it's awesome to be able to know all three of them, all three sides of Dan. Well, and I know, I know we say like yelling or mean, but it's, it's funny. Cause it's, it's more, it's less like, uh, it's less mean and more like caring at such a level. Exactly. That yes. Yeah. So high. I for, yeah. I was going to say that. It's like, Dan's Dan wants nothing but the best for the people in his class, right? And yeah, he he knows the way to do that is to like he's gonna like like he he's gonna be tough on you because that's the best way to do it, right? If you're, if you're gonna baby someone, you're gonna end up with with, with crappy wrestlers. Yeah. And Dan, if there's something wrong, he, he will nitpick the smallest thing when it comes to our wrestling, and that's because he yeah. cares about how we look in the future, right? So yeah. even to this day, like I've yeah. I've advanced more on stuff, right? And now he's gotten to the point where he's pointing at the small things that we do wrong. And like he, he cares so much on how we will look and how we do look as a wrestler. And I, I'm glad to be able to say I have him as a coach more than anyone else. With my with my conversations previous with Dan, and I've had conversations off air too with him, because I nitpick his brain a little bit. Um he's always open to a conversation, which for someone that what I do. I mean, I enjoy it because it kind of gives me a little inside information, not towards Northlands, just in wrestling in general. He won't disclose anything Northlands. I tried after the event. <laughs> He's like, nah, nah, nah. I'm like, damn. Listen, I don't even know half the stuff. I was like, I had to try. You know, I had to try. He's like, I get it. Um, but he, and and we, we, we talked about this. He... Um, He's very old school, but not afraid to accept that he's doing something maybe wrong to retrain and do stuff. But he's got that old school mentality, but he's not afraid to accept new tricks. Exactly. So. Like, yeah. Like, there, sorry to cut you off, but there was a in training uh, uh, when we first began. Uh, he he had taught us when when we were running the ropes. He he wanted us, I think, to uh, I think throw our arms or one of our arms over the the rope. And uh, I think Jamie Garvin came in one day and, and told us, "No, no, no, that was not it. Sorry, sorry, that, that that's completely wrong. It was." I think it was slapping them out when we took our bumps. It was uh, to, to make more noise or whatever when, when we hit. But uh, Jimmy Garvin, he was like, oh, what are you doing? That just uh, I don't know the exact words, but he basically told Dan it was it shouldn't be like that. And Dan, at that point, basically up and told everyone else we're not doing it that way anymore. And it, it does prove his uh, ability to uh, take, uh, not criticism, but take a uh, change into consideration. Well, it was Sorry, I had to get a charger for this. When you when you hit the mat uh, and you throw your arms out, a lot of people will say like it's to help you you know dissipate the impact. It's not you know it's not like making noise as much as it's oh wait, whatever like, it was. Yeah, I don't do it but, because Dan told me not to. What Jim, Jimmy was saying is that when you put your arms back, like basically over time, you're going to start developing oh, this yeah. huge callus, and then your joints start going inside the same as your knees do, except it's your arms. And he said, if you, if you can save your elbows, you should be. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things being like, everybody does things differently somewhere else, but yeah, I agree. Like that idea of like, you know, if somebody comes in and they've been doing this for how long and they've got an opinion, you should at least hear them out. You know? Yeah. He's not going to sit there and uh, tell them, he's not going to go tell the hall of fame or he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. I, I heard he's a big fan and I mean, a big fan of thigh slapping <laughs> yeah yeah he, he loves that yeah I, I heard he loves it <laughs> but and I, I, I appreciate the conversation about Dan um, so 
coming up, we have a showcase event, Rusty um, and Tommy. Now, Rusty, you were saying you didn't have, are you going to be on the showcase or that you know of? Yeah. And Tommy, yeah. I mean, uh, yes, I, I'm going to be. I, I I, uh, I don't think we're supposed to say who we're going against yes, yet, but I will say, um, you know, there was a conversation we were having about uh, indie wrestling and territory wrestling and these kind of subtle differences and, and how there's like they're the same thing in some ways. But we were talking about it going like the old territories were like um, when you're in a territory, there's a continuity of the story between the shows. Right. Right. And the big difference when you go into indie wrestling is like, you know, you could take a group and go on the road and that's like the same exact matches almost every night in each town. Like they're not, they're not really caring who wins or loses. It's really more like that night. That's a self-contained thing. This group's in town and no, none of the fans are really aware of the feuding that's going on or the, the wrestlers hating each other or not. It's really just whatever is presented that night. And that 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 made us realize how much more Northland runs like a territory because there is this continuity between the characters and the stories. And, you know, when somebody's mad at somebody, it kind of gets resolved. And in fact, um, you know, there was a, a whole thing that took place last year, for instance, that Miles Morgan, who now manages ref, wrestlers, was wrestling and uh, was supposed to have a, sh- a match with me. And, you know, little little do I know that he's also a relatively successful actor and he got booked on some movie and was gone. And all of a sudden I got robbed of uh, a match that we were supposed to have. And um, now he's managing instead of wrestling. Uh, But uh, he's talked, he talked in passing about like coming back and maybe he'll get in the ring and wrestle and you know, Oh, he could go against so-and-so. I'm like, no, you're not. I've still, I still have a, I still have like a indentation on the top of my head from taking like a DDT on a bar room uh, in like a restaurant from you. And, oh yeah. Uh, if you cool. set one foot in that ring, like I'm the first match you're having. I don't care when you come back. You can, I'll come out of retirement 30 years from now to get even on that. So, so like that idea of like taking it seriously and treating it that way. And, and, you know, there's negotiation and everything like that. But, but anyway, I think that um, what's interesting about the showcases is because they're more focused on locals is that you kind of get all the stories that, that may or may not be able to happen at the Northland shows kind of manifest where it's all like, this is just all the guys that work more closely together. Right. So you might, it might actually be in some ways uh, (laughs) more, uh, extra, you know, more complicated, complicated and and ridiculous, but you know, it'll be fun no matter what. Do Tommy, do we even know where the venue is for that? Are we going to the next show? Yeah, I think St. <laughs> Andrew's Church. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, right. I I do apologize if I was insinuating I wanted to know your opponents. I I just wanted to ask if you guys were on the card. I I know that yeah, there's <laughs> some stuff you got to be quiet about, and again, I understand that. Yeah. Yes, we're on the card. Short answer, yes, we are. <laughs> so I, I, I've had this conversation a little bit with Rusty, and I want to touch about it on, this, on the on the pod as well. But, Tommy, first and foremost, because I already know the answer with Rusty, um, can you ever see yourself as a heel? Y- yes. Yeah, I, I think I, I can. I <laughs> I don't want to say uh, I, I run the scenarios through my mind, but uh, – I run the scenarios through my mind and how it could happen. And yeah. I, I think it'd be cool to be able to 
uh, try that persona or, or try that uh, personality out. Whether or not it's a, it's a one-time deal or uh, I I don't know if it works out in, in a way where it, it permanently happens. I'm willing to take to to do it, but uh, I think for now it'd be cool to just stay face because uh, eventually when it happens, I want it to be a big like oh my god, I want it to to the burn. So that's, that's, I think that's eventually I, I do want that to uh, that is my plan eventually, but how 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 soon in the future is a uh, I, I don't know yet. One more question to that before I go into Rusty with this. Do you keep the Tommy McLeod persona, or do you switch it up to a really badass healed persona? See, I've always thought if I did it, I'd uh, go. I'd call myself Tommy McLeod, and I'd, I'd call people stupid for pronouncing my name wrong the entire time. I, I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, I, Rusty, me and you touched a little bit on this subject. Um, <laughs> Not very much because I wanted it to be authentic for the show. Now, I already know you have a heel persona. So do you want to elaborate to the audience well, of that heel persona? Well, I, I won't I won't get into the persona too much, but I will. So like, here's the like, I actually have like a, a whole nother character that, you know, is like a secret char- secret that I do. And I won't get into that. But in addition to that, Rusty has healed before and i i struggle with this because sometimes you get booked and people tell you when you get there oh you you know we need you to work heal tonight you're already you know you're already there and you're you're like oh okay uh and then i've talked about how to how to go about this and like and you know really good advice that i got from a few people is like you know you don't have to be an asshole you just have to not be nice like you can go out there and be grouchy and and there's a real easy grouchy version of rusty that's kind of like doesn't want to be there it's kind of you know ticked off uh people aren't being nice to him so he's kind of crabby and you know uh responding in that way and and then i'll get in and do my work but uh it's all from this perspective of kind of being a little little angry and you know the thing is it's like when you're a bigger guy with a whole bunch of facial hair it's really easy to turn that switch from uh threat from threatening to like menacing right like where it's like you know when i uh when i you know when when tommy and i have had matches and we're face and you know uh suddenly you know someone's like kept tommy in the ring he's getting all this heat he's getting beat up i can't get in you know they walk over they smack me in the face and i like lose it i lose it and get in the ring and the ref's like forcing me back out and all of a sudden, you know, finally you, you tag me and I get in there. That That's kind of like what everyone's seeing at this part of like this explosive kind of ticked off rusty. I just kind of tap into that a little more when I'm doing heel work and, and just kind of go to that place relatively early. And it's it, it helps. Um, but, you know, working both sides of things, it's like. You know, like I always like if it'd be so strange, Tommy, if you were there while I was all while I was asked to do that, because then I'd just be like, well, I'd almost be like upset because, <laughs> you know, my best friends watching me be a bad person. Um, uh, I like doing face work so much more. And then, um, yeah, these this this whole like having uh, multiple personalities and wearing, you know, wearing masks and going in and doing that like that stuff's it's it's fun, but it's also like it really it really kind of starts to tap into like 
various aspects of your personality that you have. Like I've even, I've even talked about like, um, to, to try to keep Rusty from doing uh, heel work that I would like wear an eye patch and be like my own cousin uh, <laughs> and just be like Dusty Blackwell, um, <laughs> you know, and, and I haven't done it, but, uh, but I might, you know, cause in the end it's like uh, I, I totally created like a, another gimmick that had like, you know, a morph suit and like a full mask and all this stuff just to make it that, I could, if someone's asking me to heal, I could heal. And then they said, oh, okay, well, I want you to heal wearing that outfit and heal as Rusty today and go work twice. And I'm like, that's, this is all backfiring against me here. <laughs> but, you know, when you go and you work for people on the road, what you find is a lot of people, um, they've kind of got a lot of their, their hero faces anchored and that, that it's, 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 it's not, uh, it's not normal for them to have like, I've got a roster full of heels and I'm looking for people to come and be heroes here for one day and then leave. They've got their heroes and they're looking for random threats to come and challenge them and make their heroes look good. And that seems to be what I'm experiencing more, uh, you know, anyway, and everyone's like a 360 pound dude coming in at six, two, everyone's like, uh, Oh, you're going to make my guy look really good. <laughs> what happens <laughs> uh will oh, am i losing connection do you have any questions i'm about to go into my final segment do you have any questions before i do that uh rusty down here in the south uh some of the boys like to say it's easier to get them to hate you than it is to love you even with you know you, you have a preference but do you think it's easier to get them to hate to get them to hate you than it is to get them to love you I, I, I think, I guess it depends on what you're looking for. You know, like people refer to like cheap heat, you know, like how you can, you know, walk out there and tell some kid that his mom sucks and all of a sudden everyone's like, how how dare you say that about somebody's (laughs) mom, you know? And, and it's, it's so easy to do that. But, you know, if you're, if you, if you really care about your audience and you really show some, some like genuine, genuine affection and and you know like tommy and i'll go out to a show or like a festival or a fairground and and we'll just walk out and if we see you know kids around you know specifically kids because i think that you know grown-ups they they're fine but they they don't want to be like you know uh they they want to see whether you're going to be a good wrestler or not before they're going to invest in you so like random people that are going to wrestle trying to introduce themselves to grown-ups is a little like they're like oh yeah so you're going to wrestle and they kind of don't care but kids being like, hey, uh, you know, I've got this business card and it's got my picture on it. If you come to the show and you just cheer, I'll sign it right <coughs> now. And, I'll have it. and it's just this little thing. But like having grownups uh, talk to kids, you know, with their parents present and with their parents permission, like obviously um, having them make that direct connection. Like the response we've had from audiences has been like overwhelming, you know, because it's just that little bit of effort to like be like, you know, we we just and you know we at first we used to say, could you come and cheer for us? Like uh, we're going to be in a Royal Rumble or something. Um, but then over time we just came and said like, we just want you to cheer because a lot of younger kids, uh, they 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 may not realize that it's actually encouraged for you to make noise, right? Like there's this whole thing of like, you know, you go to school and like you're not supposed to be yelling at the stuff you're seeing you're supposed to be like responding well behaved and this is a place where you can be loud and that's supported right 
and even then it's not all kids are going to do it but there have been times where doing that and just being genuine like i've had oh man we had a show at capriol days in sudbury and we <laughs> lost the match and the kids from capriol which is a it's outside of sudbury there the kids had remembered us from the year before and they'd come out and they were like we came out and they're cheering our names like before we came out and i was just like what's happening and then i saw them and i'm like oh they all look like you know they went from this tall to like this tall <laughs> right like they're all taller and i could kind of recognize some of them like oh this is so weird we have fans and then we lost and i and i i was on the outside of the ring and you know i i, I went to the audience and i said i'm so sorry and then they're like it's okay rusty it's okay you're gonna be okay rusty and they had like 40 kids like just hugging me and i'm like oh, i'm so sorry that i lost you know but that happened and uh and i was just like wow you know uh you're just not gonna get that kind of uh audience interaction when you're a heel and i don't know how much i'm gonna enjoy having people see like I, i've been in like the mall and had people recognize me and like you know cheer or say things i don't know if i want kids like throwing stuff at me in public if i'm healing you know like like booing you when you're parking your car at the get or, or going to the gas station. you're pumping gas and some kid throws an egg and they're like you know leave so and so alone you know <laughs> like there's i don't know anyway Sorry, yeah, that was a long answer to a short question. But yeah, I think it is easier, but I think that uh, being a face does have really, really cool rewards. Yeah. Can I add that? Add to that? Um, I, I've never worked heel, but I've always had like the, the theory that it's got to be like super easy to just be hated. Like I, I did it so much growing up. It, 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 it comes natural to me, I guess, right? But no, it's, you could go out there and being a good guy, right? You have to, or being a face, you have to you have to connect with the fans, and you have to make yourself likable. But you can't make you can't try too hard, or you become a kiss ass, right? And being a heel, you just go out there, you put some kiss hat off, take a balloon, pop it, and everyone hates you. It's I, I won't say being I, I've never worked it right, but I won't say being a heel is easiest. But uh. Like you said, I think it is easier to be hated than to be liked. If, that, if yeah. I think that's not the exact words you said, or even close to what you said, but I think it was longer. Yeah. Than it was long. You pretty I much mean, got it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's another side of this is we've spent most of our time doing face work, so it's 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 hard for us to know about the perf the perfections of heel work, and and I I mean some of the best heels that I've seen uh, are the ones that are not taking the cheap road. They're the ones that are like they're more about not giving the audience what they want and controlling the match in a way that is displeasing and like things like you know taking yeah, someone yeah. on a two on a two pin or like on a, you know letting them to one two and then getting off the person and just staring at the audience and then they again they go walk to the edge of the ring climb out of the ring leave go home and they're like what and like yeah they just got disqualified <laughs> and the audience is like hates them and i'm like yeah of course they hate them that was a terrible ending to that match <laughs> but there's a psychology there of like I can't believe how much the audience is going to hate you. Um, <laughs> like they're going to really hate you because of what you're not doing, which is giving them the show they want to see. <laughs> so there's lots of psychology to it that I'm, I think that when it's done very well, it can be maybe rewarding as well. I'm exactly, not sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, but for me, it's, it's, I love that interaction and I, you know, 
maybe uh, there is a part of me too. Like my, I've had, I have four children. My youngest is uh, 16. So also like that idea of like just having this positive interaction with, <laughs> with kids. Uh, I miss it. I miss being a dad of four kids and having them all running around and being little. And uh, I don't get to be everybody's dad, but I do get to have like a positive interaction with children, which I think is that that to me is also part of the reason why being a face is so fun for me. Yeah. So that's a little that's a little in, inner monologue. But there you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was a great answer. So I'm going to lead into my last segment before we wrap up. Uh, we'll go Tommy first and then Rusty go. Uh, where do you see your career within the next five years? Now, you don't have to give me a whole five year plan, but where okay, do you so see tomorrow, yourself? starting tomorrow? Just kidding. No, no, um, I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know exactly where I see myself, but I know places I would potentially like to be. Um, uh, because uh, this Sunday, a, a bunch of the people, uh, from the class are going down to Windsor to participate in a I think it's impact. It's a, like a, a tri- not really a tryout, but it's a to get your to get 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 yourself seen type thing. It's a bunch of like impact people, and uh, I, I think there's a good start in my mind. And uh, I don't know within the next uh, two years, I'd like to maybe see myself uh, as like a, you know, like the face, like the nameless individuals on, on like Raw or uh, Impact getting beat up a security or whatever. I, I'd like to potentially. I, I won't say that's a realistic goal for me, but it's a it's it's a a dream goal of mine in the next uh, three four years to at least uh, have something like that. And uh, I, I don't know. Uh, currently, I think I want to start getting my name out more around the indie scene. I've I've started to do that a lot more now, messaging companies. Uh, so I think that's a start. But yeah, I think within the next few years, I, I will want to at least be seen on something something televised. There. Uh, you know, like I think that's a great ambition. I'd love to help in any way to get Tommy televised. <laughs> I, I have a little less ambition uh, just because I've I've been around. I don't think a lot of the bigger companies are looking for a guy in his forties uh, to break out. But you know, who knows? I'm not going to rule it out. Uh, I am going to take every opportunity I can to get my to get ring time over the next few years because I really just want to. It's not as much about getting more opportunities as it is uh, I, I want to build up street cred so that if I'm going to do uh, jobber work here at, at Northland moving forward, uh, you know, I can and people won't really challenge me saying, oh, well, you're just some guy local. I'm like, well, yeah, but I've also wrestled all over and now I only wrestle local and I pick my battles. And I, I mean, again, that whole Iron Mike Sharp thing, like I would be honored to be the guy that uh, gives people their first match when they're working in Norseland. That would be great for me. And then uh, ambition wise, uh, I think, you know, the butcher and the kid at some point or another are going to have to take a crack at those tag team titles in Norseland too. Cause uh, you know, like we oh, haven't had oh. that chance uh, not at all. And I know that like right now, like Scotty, the body and Jake O'Reilly have those belts and there are a couple of great guys and uh, I don't see, us moving that way but you know who knows who's going to have them in the future and even just uh even just getting a shot at them and and putting ourselves forward i think that could be really fun and, and valuable and then um 
yeah, like maybe five years, I'll be almost 50. So, uh, you know, probably looking at doing less matches and probably a lot more managing and a lot more FaceTime and, oh, whatever, Tommy, you know how it goes. I'm a huge fat guy that's getting old. Like, what do you want from me? You know, like not not everyone can be can be sting and continue to work into your sixties. Okay. Like <laughs> don't get us started on sting. We already talked about this. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of a lot of the guys that did these huge retirement matches as well. And, and that are athletes. Right. And the, the key aspect to some of that stuff too, is, you know, when you're, when you've got uh, like a major production, like AEW or WWE, behind you that's been supporting you with trainers and and like steroids or whatever the hell it is and then you're like oh i can do this i'm like yeah you can do it i'm like just a dude in northern ontario like i can't do it i can't i don't have those supports so so you know basically i'm gonna get as much as i can out of the next five years assess things be realistic and then continue to support and love wrestling in whatever capacity makes sense for me physically yeah well, well, if you both make it to getting beat up on AEW television first, we had you here first, so I'm gonna take that. Um, exactly. I'm gonna steal a little, a little uh, snippet out of Will Gray's book. I love you, Will. But is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> oh dear, my, Tommy, you want to aim, aim at that one? I'm, I'm gonna say no as my response. I think it's That's more strange. like, what do you consider a taco? It's like a saying taco. a taco is a sandwich. But then I consider somebody... it a taco. That's 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 what that's. that's yeah, that's what I, I mean, a taco is considered a wrap. Then is it's it? A wrap. It's it's a pork wrap. I think a hot dog is like over on its own category. Taco. Sorry, I would argue that a wrap is a taco because. Tacos have been around a hell of a lot longer than wraps. Fair. You heard it here, no. folks. A hot dog is a taco. <laughs> I, uh... With that being said, Rusty, Tommy, thank you for coming in today. I appreciate the interview with you. I want to do this again a little bit down the road. You guys have some more coming up. So with that being said, what I usually do to end the show, and uh, I want you guys to go ahead. Each take a minute or two and promote the shit out of yourselves for upcoming events and stuff. So we'll start off with Tommy. Close with Rusty. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Tommy McLeod Wrestling. Uh, follow me on Facebook, Tommy McLeod Wrestling. Visit Northland Wrestling at northlandwrestling.com. Uh, next match, uh, I don't know the exact date, but uh, stay tuned to Northland Wrestling's Facebook page and you'll find out further details. That was awesome. Uh, do everything that he just said. Uh, and in addition to that, um, uh, Shadow Will will send you info. We're going to do like a Kickstarter next month. I'm wearing one of the new sh- Rusty shirts that just got done. Uh, and we and Tommy's wearing one of the new uh, Butcher and the Kid shirts. Uh, we're hoping to have our coloring books. As well as, as well as our like, we got like, like wrestling buddies made. Like, whoa. You know, cool. we got a whole bunch of new merch, so we're gonna do an online campaign to kind of push that up and see what happens and just raise awareness of it. And and, and I, uh, yeah, we'll send you guys a bunch of swag too because you've been I such. Hope somewhere, 
we'd love I hope to send within you. the next six months i'll have a tommy mcleod and rusty blackwell lego set for purchase oh my gosh that. i can't believe that that's gonna be so weird i want to be like that there's like no professional lego that exists <laughs> I want people to like, just be like, wow, this is just really unique merch. That, that's what I'm going for here. I, like I love it. Best way to start. I absolutely love it. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Spotlight with Shadow. I had the gracious enough to have Will Gray as my co-host today, which I'm thankful for, sir. And to Tommy and Rusty, I appreciate the time. You guys are busy men, so thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah! Woo! <laughs>